0: Cura, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. Hello, Wellington. My name's Sadie Coe, and you're listening to B Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. We tell stories of the people who make Wellington tick. And today I have Claire Hewitt here, who is igniting the creative spark through her work. Um, we'll find out a bit more about that later. And also have Lee Rutiny here, who is part of the Alpha Omega Playback Theatre. So this should be interesting. Let's just get these guest mics on. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Welcome, Claire, can you... Tell me a little bit about igniting the creative spark and what that means.
1: Thanks, Sadie, for having um, both myself and Lee, of course. Lee's part of one of my projects, which we're going to delve into a little bit, uh, Alpha Omega Playback Theatre Company. But actually, I think it's probably a great project as far as really uh, getting to the point of what creativity is about, which is just giving space for the individual to find that inner spark that creativity, that place of connection uh, and with yourself, with themselves,
0: uh, but also within a group. I saw that your specialty is connecting people um, to their inner voice. Yes. And what are some of the ways you do that?
1: Well, I reckon um, a few years back I was thinking about what is it what does it mean to tell our stories, if we, especially if we don't have space to tell them or a place to tell them? And um, growing up rural, for me, uh, a, away from a real cultural opportunity, um, gave me plenty of space to see where can I go to, what stories could I tell, what could I grow into, and uh, create for myself. And, and part of my learning journey was um, working through uh, both epilepsy, and I still have it working with that, and dyslexia. And I hope, you know, as I've grown into that, I've found ways of connecting that into my working methodology and and how I want to connect with people. And um, first and foremost, to tie into what you're saying, it's about uh, listening and uh, being really present with yourself, but with another person to create space Um, to not fix, to allow whatever someone's communicating to be absolutely theirs, uh, creating space for acknowledgement and um, sitting with understanding. And we really try hard not to fix other people's stuff because we're all entitled to have our life experiences without someone giving us sort of unsolicited advice. And I just found that when I, as I said before, when I was growing up, that there just wasn't enough space uh, for for me to push out into those sort of boundaries, and lived in a very sort of constructed rural, very uh, you know, you go to school, you come back. There was no real drama class or anything fun like that. It was just very heavy uh, sciences and stuff, and I just needed a place to you know expand into discovering what my voice was and as soon as I had my voice I could understand that there were so many people that had the same sort of need to communicate but didn't know how to and um, it sort of really started to come together for me after I worked at St Patrick's College a few years back and I was a teacher aide with students one-on-one and saw so many situations of them not able to speak well for what they needed or wanted in that moment and I sort of became a little bit of a conduit for ensuring that they were able to get the best possible support um, for themselves and out of that I went, oh, genius, I can do this, I should be doing this, yeah? Because I love I love this and there's no difference between them and me and, you know, for me it was very much like going back to high school to um, relearn and relive my own experience but this time, I got to be on the other side of it and helping people through it. And out of that, um, I came away from that and went straight into my business. And I really refined it down to um, the spark being that that little that little bit of ourselves that we get permission to to play, to be present, to connect, to um, be in community, to to be in our heart space, to be seen I feel that's really important and um, definitely story is what we talked about before really connects us to how we feel seen and uh, accepted and part of our community and so um, maybe I guess my work is about creating a conduit a space to allow that for happen to happen with people alongside each other and so sometimes I find that I'm more of a a facilitator or, or a an instigator of play. Um, each of the people I work with are fully capable and have the capacity of holding their own energy. It's just like um, opening opportunities for them to explore and uh, find their own voice within uh,
0: creativity. Wow. So it sounds like you had this kind of epiphany. Yeah. Um, how did, did you practically go about building your business from there? Great question. <laughs> Well, I think it comes
1: down to, uh, first off, just an absolute knowing about what I wanted to do. I've known for years, like years and years. You wouldn't think that'd be true because it sounds like I just sort of came upon it. But honestly, when I was a kid and we were playing in the playground and I was like, ding, I know what I want to be. I want to be an actor. And sort of after that, I tried to pursue it as much as possible within kind of limited means back then. So I've tried a few different things over the years, um, from improv to modelling to um, music classes, you you name it, and finally landed on a performing arts degree at um, the University of Otago. I felt really privileged to have that opportunity to be the first person in my family to get to go to university. And, and out of that Um, we grew a theatre company in Dunedin called Look Left Again with some really outstanding people like Danny Still and Laura Wells and Trudy Cunningham, some really incredible people. And um, there just came a time where I felt, oh, my goodness, I think I need to take this energy and sort of go up the country a bit more. And um, this is when I met Christian Penny, who's... um, at Fukari and um, Bev Hoskins and just got this real invitation to move up the country and let um, what I had to offer really fly and uh, and allow my own creativity to expand, which I just think is such a great invitation, you know, from an outside source, um, especially when you're so heavily engaged in your creative journey, sometimes you forget to nurture yourself. So I moved up to Wellington and just totally... Went for broke on all these amazing experiences you can have and joined a choir and a, and playback theatre company and even went to the improvisers for a while and just, you know, had a real try and looked at some dance classes. So it's just like Wellington's this amazing buffet of opportunity. And um, I've, I've looked at other places, but it always just sings so much more in my heart to be here and help this um, amazing sort of community we have really thrive and continue to sort of contribute to the creative pathways. Wow, I love it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just there. It was like, no, it was effortless. There was no, um, yeah. It was, in fact, from a, as far as a calling point of view, it was sort of like detouring into teacher reading, although it was a really powerful thing I did not really supportive. It actually encouraged me to go back into my creativity and put a real focus on that And I find um, there might have been probably about five years ago when I was in St Pat's and I find it really swings around now to creativity being uh, our main focus and um, under my business, we just have multiple things we're doing. Um, one of them is a creativity series, so it was totally timely that you got me to come and see you because we're going to be doing a talk show series myself on all the incredible women doing amazing creative things in Wellington.
0: Is so on radio?
1: Uh, we're going to be doing a live video series that people can jump in and participate in. Awesome. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be super cool. We've got about uh, 25, 30 speakers, so it's going to be progressive over this year and next year, and we hope to land with something in the Fringe Festival, just really celebrating community and creativity. So, and, you know, like I said, Wellington is this beautiful, deep, heartful place full of creativity. And it, it's just so great that we're all here talking about it letting everyone know because there's just a
0: wealth of stuff to do in Wellington. Yeah, it's yeah. like, with B-Sides, we'll never run out of people to get in and talk to. <laughs> I know, right?
1: There is yeah. just so much good stuff going on. Yeah. Like, I love it. It's just... Um, and I think also that ties back into that nurture thing around self-care, which is, uh, you know, definitely an element of what I do with um, my work. And so this is this lovely sort of infinity situation, really, between um, delivering and doing, delivering and doing, and just being a part of uh, the, you know, the culture as we lift up what Wellington has the potential to be.
0: Wow. So you've got a kind of vision. What sort of things do you want to do in the future? Oh, my
1: God, <laughs> so much. Uh, ideally, uh, I want to. I would love to see a change in governance around around the, the arts in New Zealand, how it's perceived, how um, people have access to it, how they create and connect. Uh, I really love the work that Arts Access Aotearoa is doing, Barbarian Productions, everybody called lives here, uh, Circa. Tahoe, like so many cool places, and Bats doing some wicked stuff to open the door. Um, and that's just Wellington, right? Because there is like a thousand places also in New Zealand doing it, and I don't want to leave anyone out because they're all incredible. Um, but at the end of the day, I would just love to see us reframe how creativity and arts are, are seen as viable and accessible, livable, workable jobs in New Zealand. I'd love to see it. Um, represented more fairly on Trade Me and Seek and it not being hidden away in an other category or it being pushed away just to the big idea because I feel like so there are so many of us working in this industry and it's a real heartbeat, a real stable place for um, healthy uh, well-being practices and interconnectivity and flourishing uh, how we move forward as a community and a society. It's so it's kind of dear to my heart but can I do like a little bit at a time but I think every little bit contributes to how we can move our culture forward in a way that's more accessible more open, more available yeah, creativity, it's the heart of it, of everything
0: (laughs) So who are some of the groups that you work with and organisations?
1: Such a great question, oh my goodness I've um, been working a lot in the disability field. Like I said, after I left St Patrick's, so I really wanted to honour that part of me that um, also has a little bit of a disability, but all, but wants to make available to anyone really that has a has a need or a desire to be involved in creativity. Uh, so. A lot of my work when I first started was within vocational services and private residences and high schools, things like that. As I've evolved in my work, fine-tuned my creative voice and my mission and what I'm really about, Uh, it's evolved into more... Uh, more community based more focused work where um, sometimes I do a project like my Alpha Omega project which we're going to talk about shortly where um, a lot of vocational services come to me and we work very much in the community and we go out and perform in residential homes, things like that in other scenarios um, I'm still working very much in private vocational, I work with a great company called Thumbs Up which is parent led organisation and um, We do a lot of drama and music there. I'm working on a film at the moment. We're making a pirate film. You so saw that on your Facebook
0: page. (laughs) I know, it's
1: so fun. Really so, so fun. That's awesome. Out so, uh, at um, the mini golf, <laughs> I know, it's the best, they've been the best. Pirate Cove are so cool and so friendly and nice. They let us come, we've been going out there like for about six weeks, recording every Monday So and we're building this um, really fabulous film. Uh, we're doing a preview uh, to Thumbs Up Families next week and then we'll do our full length film towards the end of the year so wow. it's getting quite exciting. Yeah, we're about 15, 16 minutes in so far. Kinda of be more like a short film, but for them, it'll be feel like a really full film. Um, song also features heavily in my work, and so I do a lot of song projects and uh, connect and with different organisations and communities. I also run the Hutt Community Arts Network as an arts coordinator, so really um, thriving in that community and bringing together the Hutt artists. Uh, one of my other projects is running a small business forum at the Heart Chamber of Commerce. So it's really very diverse and um, active and totally out there. Yeah,
0: I I'm getting that you're pretty busy.
1: I'm, I'm busy, but in a way that's uh, completely joyous and satisfying um, and constantly looking at expanding more and how we can um, connect more with ourselves, uh, both individually, one-on-one, And within groups so that we can have this very deep and meaningful um, process and I guess uh, I've talked around a little bit about creativity which is my my end mission but sometimes it's uh, what are the tools that we use to do that so um, which I think is a helpful way of expanding on what we do so playback theatre is one of them it's very story based and uh, has elements of music acting leadership uh, and uh, community group work. Uh, I work with song in a sort of uh, more community based song where it's about improvisation and connection play, um, creating vibrancy, things like that. And um, as I mentioned before, there's leadership stuff where we're facilitating um, play and instigation for adults in adult environments. There's a lot, you know, going on. Also, like to take people out into nature because I feel like being in the natural environments a great way of expanding on um, our capacity to just be, especially in sun, so much joyful. Or at the beach, (laughs) great places to be. Yeah, another great thing about Wellington, I guess. Oh my God! It's also accessible. We're so lucky, honestly. There are just the most amazing places to go, be, to do, and as you go around, I always think. Go past places on the bus because people will probably know me from my scooter. I ride around everywhere and with carrying these instruments and stuff. It's really kind of ridiculous, daily. Yeah. yeah, and uh, but I get around and I always like go past places and I think, oh, could we like stop there and could we sing under that little alcove and could we make a wee project where um, people get to feel um, not just what they put out, but it come back to them immediately. And um, oh, well, maybe we could put theatre on in this space or. You know, it's still just vibing, which I think is great, which is always, you know, when you're in your best, most focused place is when life really comes to to life around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very much the same when I was a hairdresser too, uh, which one of my many jobs I've done before, which is you just everywhere you looked, you were like, oh, I could cut that, do a colour on that. Should I could get them. Oh, they need a perm. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like that. It's when you're in the zone, you're in the zone. What can I say?
0: Unstoppable. <laughs> Um, Now, you've managed to cover off a lot of my questions. Well done. Yes. (laughs) I noticed that you've got a lot of, like, you're very values-based. You've put a lot of your personal values into your work. Um, Like on your website, you talk about inclusiveness, connection, social justice, collaboration, empowerment, things like that. Yes. Um, Has it been a challenge to bring all those elements together in your practice?
1: Absolutely not. They flow with absolute ease. I think the challenge is other people understanding what the message is uh, a lot of the work that I do and I'm sure Lee will probably extend on this a little bit is if you are just present to the process uh, and you're, when you allow yourself to be completely in it and to be guided through it all of those things unfold naturally around you by the mere act of being and doing in the moment and I don't know, I just feel really strongly that um, those things tie back to accessibility, who we are as people, um, how I want to relate to people, and uh, how I I like to be related to as well. (laughs) Uh, I think I I come out of, of it all, and I know connection is my biggest thing, really just enjoy being with people and hearing each other's stories. Um, and enacting them in some way or or using music to allow that to um, settle and and then shift what we don't need anymore. So I think underlying everything is kind of a healing process Oh, not kind of there is a healing process to creativity that is what you do or particularly what I do in creativity and so yeah all of those things are my value system and I love them (laughs) (laughs) do
0: you have any examples where you've seen somebody kind of heal through creativity and through the work they do with you
1: honestly there are so so many I like to call them magic moments it's when when the perfect set of circumstances that you've created an environment where this learning and these values can be adapted you've provided the music or the structure of the artistry that you're working on and then people allow themselves to do it because this is the biggest thing about creativity no matter what field um, any of our beautiful friends in Wellington are in you must choose it, you have to want to do it otherwise it never works you have to have a desire to, to participate in that end result and when everyone's choosing it and they just allow the moment to happen something totally transcendent happens and it can be as micro as someone who doesn't speak or doesn't who who chosen not to um their face will completely open and they'll they'll look at someone and give eye contact for the first time um, in a creative process which is very, very privileged, actually, for that sort of stuff to happen, especially when um, some people's trauma are so intense that they, they struggle to be in the moment, so that sort of stuff. It can be when, um, when a voice just lets loose completely and um, and wild laughter happens and everyone's in the moment and they're all singing together. And we have someone in our company who does that, who just um, holds himself very close. And every now and then he'll just let out this massive opera voice and everyone's totally transformed by his energy and his connection. And, and yet we all just find this way of having our voice and telling a story. And, and I don't think you have to have a literal voice to do that. Uh, this work in particular is very, very good at working with the intimacies of um, body, little micro-movements about our eye, uh, gen, uh, gestures and, and how we feel. You can literally feel it emoting off people. So, you know, to be part of any of that process is a gift. And I guess I keep coming back to the word process. I do want to say... Often this work is a journey. It's not something you can quickly get to. Um, there's a reason people rehearse in place for a series of weeks to get to a good result, and that's the same with this work. Sure, we can do it. We can have fun. We can do a one-off session. But to give yourself the privilege, the time, the respect, the play, the connection time, you know, it takes a little bit of time to warm everyone to being together in and to, and their own time. You know, work's intense. We have, arrive at different times and when we all get there, that's when that magic happens and it's like, oh, and everyone feels and they go away totally transformed from when they came. And also I think that space can provide the capacity to hold hard things. And um, that's a very rare and privileged opportunity, I think, in the arts to, to be um, a space that can hold difficult stories, painful moments, We don't seek to fix them. We just allow the space for that acknowledgement for them to be told. And then we sit alongside our friends in their pain, feel it with them, and then find a way of moving on through it uh, with them. And that's how it generally works. You know, it's not always um, light. There are times of real heaviness and heart, but I find those to be the most rewarding moments we're really listening to each other, we're really seeing each other, and we're really hearing each other in those moments. And that's the time when we're doing truly transformed work. And that's happening all the time. Yeah.
0: So there's a lot of trust involved.
1: Massive amount of trust. But trust is so easy to give, right? If you as soon as you choose it and you decide you put yourself there, trust it's on it's done. It's already done. And um, and I believe that we provide good, safe platforms for us to build that creative experience so that trust is the most easy um, thing to do. Yeah.
0: Wow, it sounds amazing. So if anybody out there is listening and thinks, oh, I want to get involved with this, are there avenues or opportunities for them to get involved? Always, 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 always.
1: Yeah, well, we have heaps of different projects on the go all the time. Um, at any time, if someone just wants to get a sense of what we do and feel for it, like even our Alpha group, we just love visitors. You want to come and participate, play, um, meet people, you're welcome any time to come in the door and, and share some time with us. Uh, if you want to do it for yourself, there's heaps of different options around how, how we can engage depending on what is right for you. I, I do projects that are one-to-one, so it's private, could just be between us, making, creating, could just be coaching if that's what people feel comfortable with. Um, and, and one of my programs we work with, uh, nurturing uh, the spark, so whatever's already in the person, that passion for their own creativity, just helping them get to the next part of that Um And also um, fanning the flame. So, if you're a leader who's in creativity, who's experiencing the challenge of how do I take this creative vision I have, make that tangible, put that into work, you know, there's elements there that we can discuss around how to do that. If you want group work, we've got um, several different group programs, um, lots of different things on the go all the time, and it's just a matter of just connecting connecting with me and I can let you know what we've got on and um, what we can do to help you. It always comes back down to, or support you, it always comes down to um, what the need is, um, how they how. They vision what they want to achieve out of it and um, and whether or not I can be of service to them. Because at the end of the day, I want to be a service and I want to help people. If I'm not the best person, then I, I know a thousand really amazing people and I'm happy to pass um, you on to others to have another uh, meaningful creative experience. Because we're all t- doing the same thing, you know. To me, there's no competition. It's, we're all sharing the vision and um, moving forward together in our each unique ways, part of the big puzzle that we're doing.
0: Do many businesses work with you? Or in general, do many businesses work with kind of creativity, do you think? I would like to see more businesses work with
1: creativity, but I think sometimes um, there's a little weird grey area between uh, facilitation, uh, creativity and um, too much hard work so I think that there's the desire is there they want it for team building they want it to grow the culture of a group Uh, often people only see it under the guise of facilitation which means we need to get something in to achieve something to get to the end of another thing and so you see facilitation lots of different facilitation happens with short projects Um, I've worked in facilitation sometimes found it to not be as uh, satisfying or as meaningful as as I would like it to be. And so I I recognise that and I want to pull it back a little bit more from from even my own facilitation experience to go. So what I think people, I see people in need of is um, more play, more time of connection, more lightness. A, A lot of people in those work situations don't even know the person sitting beside them that well or the two persons down and uh just through a few simple games and places of play you, all of a sudden you're like oh my goodness I had no idea that you lived in the same neighborhood as me you know and there are so many connections we're in a, such a small country we're vibing off each other all the time without even knowing it and I just think that um those are the places where we can look to improve and of course you we want to lighten the load a little bit it's a very uh work heavy place Wellington with all the government services so it would be lovely to see more interconnection and play um, with those different organisations and I know there are a lot of us out there who are particularly interested in social uh, change and how we can utilise
0: the arts to help support that existing system. Brilliant, it sounds like there's some great opportunities to be taken up. Always, 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 (laughs) sumptuous opportunities. I think, what times that we could just about go to a wee song, I think. Um, you're listening to B-side stories on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. I've picked a song here which is by Joe Blossom, a Wellington musician. Um, it's called Tiger, Tiger, and I thought it kind of related to creativity. With, I don't know, lots of people probably do know the William Blake poem about tiger tiger burning bright in the forest of the night <laughs> and it's all about that responsibility of creativity and how it doesn't always it's not always light like you were talking about it's not always on the light side it's sometimes it's on the dark side yeah. and just um all that coming together so anyway here we go Welcome back to B-Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. We've been talking to Claire Hewitt of Igniting the Creative Spark, um, and one of her projects has been working with the Alpha Omega... Alpha Omega or Omega? What is Alpha Omega? Alpha Omega. Alpha Omega. The Alpha Omega Playback Theatre Company. So... she. Um, it would be good to hear about how it started out, but first of all... Just for anyone who doesn't know, what is Playback Theatre? Oh, I love that you asked that. Lee, what's Playback Theatre? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, That's a lot of pressure. Thanks for putting me <laughs> on the spot, there. Playback Theatre is... is, is uh, first of all, welcome everybody. Um,
0: oh yeah, this is Lee For for anybody's just tuning in now. who's one of the actors in Alpha Omega.
2: Playback Theatre is, is a chance where we can... Tell our stories in the best way possible and re- reenact uh, to the best way possible with uh, Claire's help but also uh, with uh, our peers so we've, we work together as a as a big group on a Friday afternoon we go to three um, so yeah it's just uh for me, it's 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 a chance to relax and uh, really be a bit of a funny guy on a <laughs> on a Friday afternoon. Well,
1: thanks, Lee. I'm glad. Look, he did my test, didn't he? Good, do good. <laughs> um, playback, dear. Just to extend on what Lee said, is uh, was created many years ago, seventies and eighties era. Was is uh, created by a wonderful. Uh, a couple from one from America and one from New Zealand, uh, Johnson Fox and Joe Silas, and they had this vision for how they could take psychodrama and drama and somehow find a cross between the two of them. And they started developing these workshops and they came over here to New Zealand and ran a series of workshops where they were developing their conce- concept of playback theatre So Playback Theatre really landed in New Zealand and Australia, the first place in the world as they started to develop this concept around what it is. And what Playback Theatre is, is it's a form of storytelling, where you tell your story, it's then passed over to some actors and musicians who will play it back live to you in the moment. Only what you say, there's no seeking to fix, to change, to edit it's merely an act of the gift of what you have um, told us and sometimes we find in stories that um, there's a sort of surface level here's what I think my story is about but actually there's a there's a sweet spot underneath where it's like more like the truth zone around ah so your story is about this and then we check in with that person say Yes, actually it is about this. And then we're looking at the more complex or the deep side of the reasons um, why we do something, um, how we carry information, uh, like transformative story where it changes your life and um, when you hold the burden of a story for a long time. So it, it really has um, several elements. So one element is just for entertainment, Another is an element of um, support, uh, release and connection and that sense of community by the way that it comes together. We always love to finish playback with a cup of tea. Now, for our group, that's actually not that practical to have a cup of tea at the end of every Friday rehearsal. But when we do do our performances in the community, love a good cup of tea because stories bring up so much um, common ground and there really are three elements to playback uh, worldwide that's the same everywhere which is what is our cultural story, who are we, what is our identity, what do we stand for, what do we believe in, our social story, how we are in the world, how we're affected by the world around us and the political story, how the world is shaped for us by others and how we fit within that world and so every story that you hear will always have an element of one of those things and we're always seeking in our group to find what is the story as it relates to me and my place in the world, what's my unique voice. Um, so, so that's a little bit about playback, and it's in every single country in the world. You just put playback theatre into the internet, our dear friend Google will tell you everything you need to know, um, but it is particularly loved um, in, this, in this glorious world that we have, and we really, really love it for what it can do for our group. So um, how do we start doing... Playback, that's a very important um, part of our story. When I, As I was saying to you before, Sadie, when I first started doing theatre arts work and I was finding what my true voice was, I'd already been working with playback for about 13 years at that stage and I thought, I'm just going to start running some playback classes um, with some of the organisations I worked with and that's how I first met Lee at Ace House.
2: Formerly known as Ace House, now... Uh... Ivaro, just changed the name. Oh
0: yeah.
2: Um Is so that... for those ones that go to Ivaro, yeah, here you go. Um, <laughs> Big shout
0: out. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. But yeah, as Claire said, uh first started with Clear about six years ago, even seven, eight years ago now, I think Claire. Absolutely. Um, and her and I have as always have always uh had it off and then uh, six years ago, we came together as a, a Alpha Omega, uh alphaometer uh playback theater, just sort of finding our feet and uh yeah six years later we're still around we're still here today so it's it really gives me a sense of for me it's gives me a sense of who I am and how I can re- relate to life um Previously I was a a sportsman uh in the, in the Paralympics so I I just wanted to f- find something different and uh acting a fool being uh being with Al- alpha meter has really uh, inspired me to do uh bigger and better things outside of uh the world's your oyster, put it that way.
0: Fantastic. Well, you must have a lot of stories to draw on from having been in the Paralympics.
2: Uh, yeah, I've got, <laughs> got a few. So uh, <laughs> I can uh, see you thinking about them. <laughs> uh, I've got a few of, of stories that I tell of within, in a playback theatre that the guys really like of, of me uh, falling out of my chair going too fast. <laughs> and uh, Claire can elaborate more on that, but yeah, I've been to some really good countries like uh, Thailand, England, and basically say I've been travelling the world. So.
0: Through your sport?
2: Yeah, through sport. But now, hopefully through drama. So Oh, absolutely through yeah. drama,
1: I think. Um, Lee's writing when the guys like it we do not like hearing all these stories about him putting himself in danger but we know that Les is his wonderful um, playful, connected really like inspired side of him that likes to be a bit of a speed demon um, but Lee's probably what I would say one of the leaders of our group, we were so lucky that um, we've been doing this six years coming into seven years now and we've still got 16 foundation members of our group wow.
0: How many total?
1: So um, we have Uh, at our biggest, our company was about 28 people, and we've come down to sort of 16 to 18 18 this year. Um, We work with about four different organisations across the Wellington City uh, from Avaro to Thumbs Up over in Batoni, we're at um, Aranui and Active Youth at Idea Services. Maranui, uh, not Maranui, Maranga Collective will be coming on board soon. Uh, We've worked with Mana College and it's just um, a myriad of extraordinary and wonderful people come to visit us and participate and share. In fact, this week we're so lucky we're getting a visitor from the United States who's going to share with us her vision of creativity and, and play. So it's just all on in this group. We love wow. it.
0: So that, is she another playback theatre practitioner?
1: Uh, she has worked playback theatre in her past. Her name is Azil, and uh, she's here hosted by the Arts Access Aotearoa So that's how we get to um, have her come and lead a workshop with us. So it's all just a little bit secret right now, so I can't reveal it. Otherwise, um, Lee will um... get, to, <laughs> he'll get to know what's happening before we get there. It's like, I yeah. can't do that. Um, I don't think yeah. we've got that 10-second white thing in
0: here. Oh, no, it's OK. <laughs> That's all he knows about. She's coming. I, I just
2: follow Claire's lead. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: So, Lee, have you ever heard one of or seen one of your stories played back to you by the company and been surprised by how
2: it went? Um, oh, many times I think the best stories are the hard stories that are really get caught a... Quite emotional. Um, There's many times where I've fallen out of my chair, but I think everyone that I know gets sick of those stories. (laughs) So uh, yeah, I really do think you know the the emotional uh, stories, like uh, an uncle who's uh, just uh, a relation of mine who's. is is about to pass away that was uh one of my hardest stories that i've ever told and yeah i'm getting emotional now just just talking about it but yeah that's just one of one of many stories that we have to really relax and take some deep breaths and go from there
0: That sort of takes me back to that trust idea that we talked about before because you must trust the group a lot to be able to put such a personal story out
2: there. Oh, you get to know the guys quite quite well and some of them I've known for years and and others I've just known through um, Alpha Omega and so you you build up that trust and uh, rapport with them that... Uh, just now comes nature to me telling a story like that to the, to the crew. So, yeah,
1: I think it highlights um, that this the work we do is actually quite sacred, and a lot of the stories that are told only have the capacity to be told because the group has the willingness to uh, listen, to hold those stories, to not take them away and tell other people about the context when people don't understand what the context is because they weren't a part of it. A lot of our work is theme based and in fact the theme we were working on uh, when Lee told his story about his family member uh, was about cancer and how people with disabilities are excluded from the, the stories, the information and, and it can be an animal dying, it can be a family member, it can be someone in your intimate family who has had a diagnosis and there, there not be enough trust that they have the capacity to hold that information. And, you know, we don't always look at the heavier side of stories, but this is the ideal space to allow those stories also to be told and to be worked through because there is common ground in those experiences and it's really important that they have a space to voice those Um, and that comes back to our cultural and political and social stories all cross-secting how do I feel Um, has anyone ever asked me how do I feel Um, what do I really think about this, what sort of support do I need, Um, how am I placed in my family do people trust me enough to tell me and if they're not, um, how do I handle that and you know there's just layer upon layer if you really start to peel it back And even, (laughs) we were doing this work, we've been working in retirement villages and rest homes around the city, like these guys love going out to the community, and uh, we perform like up to to eight performances a year, so um, I think we're already at six, and we've got two more to go. And um, one of them we were prepping for uh, was the theme celebration, and Lee himself totally turned celebration around with, what happens if you ruin a celebration? And then that story itself spun out to another story which gave someone who doesn't often speak but holds a lot of energy for our our group, a lot of leadership, to tell a story that is incredibly raw and vulnerable for him around connection that tied back into that thing about how do we communicate if you're a person with disabilities? Do you tell them the truth? can you trust that they have the emotional capacity to hold that information and and what I've learned from these guys which I already knew being one myself we of course we've got the capacity to hold that information we just feel it in such a pure um, way but there's nothing wrong with being able to understand how to emote or how to connect to your your uh, true feelings in fact, it's a, I would say of all the people I know, people with disabilities have the most freedom, the most light, um, the most connection to themselves because they are fully present in every single moment. They don't let any moment go to waste.
2: I think that's because we tell it like it is. That's um, right. Yeah, and it's, it really hits home to the, the uh, Joe public about... Um, People with disabilities, and it's something that I want to see more of the public uh being aware of disabilities and don't be a don't be afraid to uh come and say hi because i I just feel the public do with a bit more knowledge around all sorts of disabilities. It's not just physical, it's mental. It's uh, all sorts, so yeah, if if you've got someone like me who's uh, in the disability disability sector um, working um, as well as CLEAR, with CLEAR, so it's just a shame (laughs) that there's only a few of us out there that are really passionate about uh, disability issues. And I'm I'm one for uh, passionate about disability issues. Just recently, I um, was in the Access Alliance photo with um, Minister Cephaloni. So that's that's something that I inspire more with, of course, drama. So those are the sort of things that that I get into out, outside of drama. Right. So,
0: so it's really become a big part of your personality is that communicating and wanting to get out there and tell stories, not just in playback theatre?
2: No, no, no. no part of my story is just making uh, people aware of other disabilities and how they, they could be treated. You don't always get it wrong, but you you don't always get it right either. So you've sort of got to learn when to step back and hold back or come forward and that's something that I'm I'm really strong on. I've got things I've got to work on, but who hasn't? I think everybody has.
1: I think it's really great what Lee's um, picked up on and sort of second that alienation is a really big part of the way that um, people place themselves in our work. Um, alienation from everyday tasks, from not being given enough trust to do them for themselves um, by simple things like travelling on the bus and being particularly receptive to bullying or or an unpleasant tone that then feels very under attack. And um, it's very hard for them to manage some of those situations so our work really um, deals with some of the more complex layers around identity, how I feel about things, how I communicate, um, the things I want to say, the things I'm not allowed to say, the things I want to do, the places I want to go, the, the limitations I have. Um, also the people who are in systems where they can't, they don't even know they're in a system but they're in a system, um, we're sort of corralled. So there's so many multiple layers within what we do and um, it's it's so interesting. We can look at the term drama so lightly, and I really prefer when I talk about this work, particularly um, to f- to family or friends or the people we're talking to directly about it, about the uh, vocational services, that Alpha Omega Playback Theatre Company is more than a drama class. There are, and drama is never simple, it's never one-sided. There is layer upon layer upon layer around how we are, how we... Interact, our desires, what we want to communicate, how we feel about things, um, the support we need, and I think it's really important to say that we have a very wide age group and a very diverse uh, disability in our in our group, and we have everyone from sort of mid twenties right up to sixty, um, from wheelchair to um, to Asperger's, Asperger's, Down syndrome, non-identified disability, but there are a wide group and they are all inspiring, interesting a genius in their own we have many extraordinary artists who have won awards many times over a Paralympians right here I mean, hello there are, there's no limitation and that's what we want to do in our group is to say that We are so much more than just the story we tell, and that's my favourite part, I have to say, of performing, especially in retirement homes. I think one of the qualities of why these guys love it so much, and Lee will probably, he can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel from a group of people that never saw disability ever, so many people in one go coming back to them now as they're older means that they are fully accepted as who they are, non-interrupted, and it's just an incredibly caring and generous exchange of energy and story and love. And and that's probably one of the most beautiful parts of our work and that's why we do it.
2: It's just really, um, really interesting to see, you know, there's, there's more excellence today than there was, would have been when I was growing up, I guess. I'm, I'm showing my age here, but I think there's more... Uh, Sports is a is a really dangerous thing when it comes to because uh, nowadays you see uh, more people in, in hospitals and. I'm
0: going to have to button because sorry we've actually we're going to just automatically cut out in three two one bye. That program was brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get
1: your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.